got to operate in truth, right? Operate in truth. Tell the truth. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gator Truth Florida Football Podcast. I'm Daniel, and on this episode, we're going to take a look at the Gators' 35-52 loss in Death Valley this past Saturday night. I do apologize, this episode is coming out a little bit late. I did have a bout with the flu, but I am better now. With that said, Death Valley, always an interesting experience going up there. A lot of good food in the tailgates, and I was not disappointed again this trip. With that said, overall, before we really get into some of the offense, some of the defense, is I'm not as disappointed as many people probably are about this game. I knew this game was probably a LSU putting up a ton of points. We know our defense was not doing too well going into the game, so I'm not slaughtering the defense, despite the record number of yards given up. That said, I did expect a few things on defense to be doing a little bit better. There are things that I am disappointed with, despite feeling going in. And I will say this for the first half, um, my prediction 38-35 Gators did look like it could have been a possibility. At the end of the half, it was 14 to 17. I think the first half for the defense was amazing. We'll get into that. Not necessarily because they gave up 17 points, but because they only gave up 17 points to the number one offense in America. And they were the number one offense before they put in a record performance against the Gators. So it's not a matter of if, you know, Not a matter of, okay, they had a great performance against us, and they shot up. And talking about not being disappointed as other people, I did have a friend of the show text me, and he said, hey, can't wait for the episode. And I said, it's not going to be what you think, me just ripping into the team and everything, because I sort of saw this coming. Had our defense played like they did in the first half, only 17 points, there was a chance that it would be better. And also, we'll talk about what the offense could have done to potentially be better as well and put us in a different place. Now, with that said, pretty good stats. I mean, Graham Mertz, another game over 300 yards. Granted, again, it's another game where we got down by three scores, and so that's always going to help a player get multiple, you know, get a ton of yards. But he did have a ton of yards before that. So I will give them credit. Like I said in the pregame, this LSU defense, 96 in the nation coming in, I expected us to move the ball. I expected us to put up some points. There's a reason why I expected us to score 38. We scored 35, close enough. But again, there are some things with college football that do change the game besides just things that happen. So looking at the offense, again, great stats. Trevor Etienne, three touchdowns, 99 yards on 18 carries, 5.5 yards a carry. Montreal Johnson, four point something yards per carry. It was 4.4, so we're talking about over one yard per carry difference. Long for Etienne of 
eight or 21 yards. Nine was the long for Montreal Johnson. Johnson did have six receptions for 65 yards and Pearsall had seven receptions for 103 yards while Etienne had one for five yards. Also, Eugene Wilson, six catches, 63 yards, including a touchdown. Now, let's get into it. Let me say the good, which is all those stats. We did pretty much put up what could be considered a winning performance on the offensive side of the ball. But just like with the Georgia game, timing in some ways is everything. What I mean by that, obviously, LSU scores first drive of the game, and that was well and good. I mean, you don't want it to happen, but at least you hope the D's going to get out of their system, and now you go to the Gares getting the ball, and eight plays later, they have a touchdown. They've tied it up. Looks like it's going to be an exciting, exciting ball game, and with that exciting ball game, it looks like there might be a chance for the upset because we can move the ball on LSU's poor defense. LSU's next drive. They get it down, and there's pretty much a goal line stand by the defense. Heck, I will give up the 74 yards we did if we give up zero points. I'd rather not give up the 74 yards, but if we're going to give it up and they come up with zero points, who cares? Like, honestly, I don't care as much if we give up zero points. Now, if we continue to give up that many as we did in this game, then it's a different story. Well, we get that stop for downs. Then we lose the ball in the fumble, give LSU a short field. However, defense allows one yard on the next drive. LSU goes and gets, goes out on fourth down again another stop on downs for the Gators defense two great defensive stops for the Gators in a row and then Florida goes three and out LSU kicks a field goal then six plays seven yards punt LSU gets a touchdown going up 17 to 7 what I'd pose for you is this maybe we don't score go 99 yards for a touchdown after that first, you know, downs, but we were moving. Maybe, you know, if we do more than three plays for three yards after that second stop for downs, we score and go up 10-7, 14-7, you know, or score twice, you know, 17-7 or 17-10 because LSU gets the field goal. It's a different feel for the game. If we take the lead early, we could take some of Death Valley out of it. We could grab momentum, but it seemed every time we got momentum, we gave it right back. So although, yes, we ended up putting in a decent offensive performance, a lot of that came after we were down by multiple scores. We go down 17-7, to seven, then we go eight plays, 75 yards, 17-14. Get the ball to start the second half. Go three and out where we could have taken the lead. LSU scores a touchdown, goes up by 10, and then we score to bring it within three. Luckily, LSU fumbles on the kickoff, and we get the ball back. And five plays, 23 yards later, we score, we take the lead. We had the lead in Death Valley. LSU only needed four plays after that to take back the lead. Then what do we do? We go three and out. Then LSU. Five plays, 70 yards. Then, again, we're down by 10, so where are we going to do? 
Now we're going to go down, score a touchdown. Next LSU possession, three plays, 75 yards. And our defense, again, was a big problem here. And we will get into that. But when we're only scoring touchdowns, when we're down by multiple you know, scores, unless special teams actually has a good play and gets the ball with a short field, we can't be doing that. We need to take advantage of when the defense actually was getting stops. Again, I go back to Georgia where we got several straight stops and the offense did nothing. Not saying that we win the game, but again, if the offense takes control of the game there, maybe it's a different feel. If we take a lead in Death Valley and take the crowd out of it, maybe that changes the game. Maybe Brian Kelly calls the game tighter. Maybe our guys feel more loose, get more confident, and have more success. But when we're doing things such as later on in the game, we run run three straight times, and then on fourth down, run a slant, I believe. And I think I that's when I um, tweeted, maybe it was a different one, that obvious fourth down slant is obvious, and that's what it was. So again, if we took advantage of the opportunities when we had them, maybe it's a different game, but we didn't. Instead, we're only all of our touchdowns after the initial 7-7 and, of course, the one touchdown when we had a 23-yard field come when we're down by 10-plus points. We've got to do a better job than only scoring when we're down by multiple scores. And again, maybe that doesn't change the result. But with momentum being such a big thing, rules of scores definitely comes into play. Like if we score coming straight out of the half, score to go up, you know, instead of punting the ball, going three and out, we go 21-17. And then, every, you know, then if they score a touchdown and then we score like we did, again, we're playing lead back and forth rather than you know, cut it to three or not. And then when LSU fumbles, instead of us, you know, going up by four, that's potentially an 11 point lead. Just if you, everything else the same from the first half, if we don't go three and out the first time, I know that's a lot of ifs, can, should have, could have, should have, would have, but we've got, our defense is not great. And we will, again, I will talk about that. But when our defense actually does stuff like get three stops or only allow, three points on three drives, the offense has to take advantage because we know this defense is not going to get many stops. So when they do, it is imperative that the offense kick into gear and not only kick into gear when they have to because they are down multiple scores. Now, moving on to the defense. We were playing the number one offense. Still shouldn't give up record yards, just like in 2021, should not have given up a LSU record number of rushing yards to a player. Whose parents, by the way, were at the tailgate. I ended up being at an LSU. But with that said, can't be doing that. Um, again, I will take the first half of only giving up 17 points to this team. And... There has been one thing going around that I do want to address real quick because it popped in my head. I see people talking about how Army and a few other teams held this LSU team to less. Well, LSU was playing a lot of backups and had a lot bigger leads in that game, so you're not going to see 
LSU putting it on as much as when, you know, Florida's within 10 points until, let me look, Florida's within 10 points until six minutes to go. Obviously, that's going to change how a team plays. It's going to change whether they're the starters in or not, how aggressive they are. And so I think that's really an unfair comparison. And although, yes, Army and them did give less yards, and I do think the point is generally good, I do think the comparison, though, and how the games went and the reasons for why LSU did not put up as many yards in those games also needs to be addressed. With that said, we saw all sorts of mistakes from our DBs, whether it's bad angles on Jaden Daniels' touchdown runs, whether it's, you know, Jakeem Jackson giving up the edge contain on Jan Daniels' first touchdown run, the 85-yarder or whatever, or it's Jason Marshall allowing a big pass and then not stepping up in his zone on a crossing route a few plays later, allowing a touchdown, or generally whatever. The point is, that's not good, whether it's the corner, safeties, whatever, can't be doing that, can't be giving up as many yards through the air as we did. And of course, we gave up 372 yards. Funny enough, friend of the show, Wes White, uh, orange and blue through and through on Twitter, you know, he posted, could it be that we're just facing better offenses? And I said a few months ago, I think it was back after the Vandy game, and I will say it again, and I replied to his Twitter with a copy of my tweet, and I'm pretty sure I said on the show is we're going to start facing four of the top 16, top 15 passing offenses from this point forward. That's when it's going to get interesting. And, of course, we've done it. And so I don't know if I feel like I don't feel necessarily that we've regressed and that we've gotten worse. I think it, in some ways that may be true, especially with injuries to guys like, you know, Shamar James. But on the flip side, I think, and then also Devin Moore being out didn't help the cornerback. But I think it's also facing better offenses. It's kind of like if we were beating up on, you know, McNeese State and all of a sudden said, why can't we do this against Georgia? Well, you know, it's different levels of competition. Doing well against the Utah offense, which hasn't been one of the best this year. I don't say that to knock my Utes friends or whatnot. In fact, some even agree this offense has not been up to par for them. It's one thing to play well against them. With that said, we did play really well against Tennessee, which was great. But also Tennessee had problems throwing the ball, although I will say our Great plan against the run game. Really was impressive there. So that one definitely warrants it. But then we're talking, we faced Charlotte, McNeese. We faced a Kentucky team that hasn't been able to throw the ball with Devin Leary all season. Then we faced Vanderbilt, who top 50 passing offense. I said, watch what's going to happen. And they threw for 280 yards. And it's been that way ever since. So part of it is just facing better offenses, in my opinion, for the lower production and giving up more. Obviously, some injuries and maybe some regression has happened, but some of that is also offensive coordinators seeing flaws in our defense and taking advantage of that. And also, 
like I said, injuries, but I do think one thing that many people aren't taking into account is the step up in offensive quality that we've seen starting with the Carolina game. Granted, Arkansas, not not that great of an offense, shut down primarily by Auburn this past weekend after putting up a lot against us. I see a lot of people calling for Austin Armstrong's head. I don't believe that's the case. I would say give him one more year. Obviously, a lot of the staff has just one more year, but there's got to be some changes made, whether that's scheme-wise, personnel, bring in great players from the portal, whatever you have to do, it can't be this bad next year. And I think if it's this bad next year, it does fall to the head coach as well. We will see how that goes. Again, not a good day for the defense. They actually got more stops than I believe they would. Granted, I didn't see them giving up multiple drives with three, four, five plays and 75 yards. Let me go and count that up. Um, first drive, first touchdown drive, seven plays, 75 yards. Then we had a one play, 85 yards. And then we had, you know, six plays, 81 yards, four plays, 75 yards, five plays, 70 yards. Three plays, 75 yards. So when I see that, I also think instead of making them earn it and having longer drives, which means there's less drives for both teams, less chance to put up records when you let them get those big one-play, 80-some-odd-yard touchdown run by Jaden Daniels, well, that's going to get them more time, more plays. You got to make the other teams earn it, and we did not. So ultimately, although... The offense did not take advantage of the full potential they had. It does come down to the defense or full opportunities that they had, especially early in the game. Yes, the defense did terrible, and especially in the second half. Again, I will take our 17-point half in the first half. With LSU getting the ball first, 17 points and a half, not terrible. Again, because they're the number one offense in college football, I will take that all day because you're on pace to hold them for 34, 38 points, but 35 points in the second half is abysmal. So first half, I'd give them about a B, B plus. Second half, definitely an F, F minus. Cannot do that. Um, But again, I think a little bit of this changes if we're able to take some of the momentum when we had the stops early. And of course we did not. That's not to put all the blame on the offense. Again, defense second half, completely atrocious, cannot continue to happen. But I think there is more to it than just the defense. And with that said, it just was a night in Death Valley. Did not go well. Next year, you got to get this win. I mean, can't continue to go over against the most of the rivals. This has to be a win next year. It's in Gainesville. Different quarterback for LSU. You don't have a Jaden Daniels, at least on the roster right now, who can, you know, drop and run for an 80-yard score or, you know, all the stuff he did. Jaden Daniels, of course, had – Rushing 234 yards, 
which is ridiculous. If you had told me we held their running backs to, um, you know, their main running back, 11 yard carries, 30 yards, 2.7 yards per carry, I would have been thrilled. Unfortunately, a lot of that is we let Jaden Daniels do what he wanted running for a ridiculous amount, almost, well, 50 yards or so from their record, which, of course, was set against us in 2021. But with that said, next year, new quarterback, no one on the roster that I think can do what he did uh, against us through the on the ground, at least. And it's at home. Got to change this next year. One last thing I want to address before we get out of here. I do want to address what some people have been messaging me about, asking me about over the last few days, and that's our D commits. Florida, if you didn't know, was on pace for a top three recruiting class. And my standard is, and truthfully, this is what the standard is for college football, to be one of the top teams. You've got to get one or more top five classes in. This is really the last year before lots of really heavy negative recruiting from other coaches sets in. And I've said for this year, you've got to hit top five recruiting class. I've also said commits are great. Doesn't matter until they sign. I said that last year when recruiting wasn't going that well. It's a principle I have. Doesn't matter how good or bad it is. Nothing matters until people sign. You can always have flips. For you, you can always have flips against you. So recruiting, though it's fun to talk about, brag about, before early signing day, before national signing day, it does not matter till they sign at all. With that said, we've got to sign a top five class. You're not going to convince me, well, top seven or eight gets it done. It doesn't. Factually, historically, it doesn't. We've got to do that we've got to close well on this class i can't say just do better we've got to be able to close and hold on to what we have still chance to salvage that top five class doesn't look like that's happening right now but again nothing is over till it is over until signing day felt that way when things are going good now that they're not going so well the truth in that still stands Nothing is over good or bad until signing day. So with that said, it's going to be a fun last few weeks of the season leading into the offseason. Hopefully the Gators can steal one. We'll be back this week, later this week, to talk about the Mizzou game. And we'll be here to talk about the FSU game. There will be all sorts of fun to be had coming up on the last few episodes for the season. and hopefully. We'll have some bowl game as well. And boy, if we become bowl eligible, it will be one of the most fun games, whichever one we win, because it is not expected, because it'll be a top 15, top 10 team that we have to take down in order to reach bowl eligibility. And we can always have the fun saying we earned it by upsetting. Of course, most people would love the upset against FSU, ruin their undefeated season. I haven't bought that. That means they wouldn't make the playoffs. Perhaps it does, but we will see. And again, 
if we do that will be a great cherry on top of what has been an underwhelming season with that said again coming out later this week the mizzou preview thank you all for listening and as always okay